On this episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble, we talk about why AEW Dynamite is better than any show produced by WWE. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. AEW Dynamite has only been here for a year, Ralph. And yet, the overwhelming majority of the wrestling community would say that AEW Dynamite is better than any show WWE is producing. Especially Raw and NXT, in my opinion. Your thoughts? I would have to mostly agree with that, especially coming off what we saw last night with Monday Night Raw. And I think that was just a perfect example of just so many things that are wrong with the WWE. I think a lot of people were interested and there was some intrigue surrounding Retribution. And last night we got pretty much the reveal of who some of these people are. And, you know, it was just something once again that to me fell flat. I think when you compare AEW to any type of pro- any anything that WWE is producing, the big difference to me that stands out is the way that AEW feels and comes across to the fan. Whether you're watching at home, whether you're a fan that's attending there, you know, even though it's limited, it feels like, and we touched on this last week, it feels like you're supposed to care about the talent. They put the talent in better positions to get themselves over. They're not scared to make mistakes where WWE continuously puts people in the same positions because they are doing what they feel is a proven method of keeping their fans engaged and intrigued in storylines. But in my opinion, at this point in 2020, they just stopped pushing the envelope altogether. It used to be, especially during the Attitude Era, WWE was cutting edge. It was must-see TV. It was something that, you know, when you and I were growing up in elementary school, most people weren't even allowed to watch professional wrestling because they pushed the envelope. Now, I certainly understand and I welcome change and all that stuff. And I know that things are going to change. But WWE has gone from the product that pushes the envelope, that is more or less anti-corporate structured. And, you know, they do what's best for the WWE. And they've really just kind of become complacent. They are more corporate. They are more structured. They are more geared towards, you know, pleasing investors and things of that nature, in my opinion. So they can't go out there and do the things that AEW is doing because they don't want to ruffle the wrong feathers. They play it safe week in and week out, and it shows every single week. Every time I watch Raw, sometimes SmackDown, NXT, not to the same extent. NXT has its own issues that it's up against as well. I agree with a lot of what you're saying here, especially with Retribution. Like you say, we got the, I guess, somewhat reveal of these members and some of their new names. What's it? T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. In 2020, I don't know who could name those people and think that there's something that could have I mean, that's me as a wrestling fan. I'd be embarrassed to show this to anybody that does not watch wrestling. The mask that they put on? You got one that is looking like the Predator. You have one that looks like Jason. And you have one that looks like Bane. Now, some people might like that. Some people might think that's cool. But from what I've seen on social media, it's gotten a lot of crap for it. Now, I'm not saying that AEW Dynamite here is absolutely perfect because they're not. They've had their fair share of things that people can criticize about. But I'd like to make a comparison here. Retribution is something that Many fans, since the start of this whole thing, did not like. Similar to in AEW, the Dark Order. When Evil Uno and Stu Grayson first came out at Double or Nothing, they were welcomed with chants of, Who are you? Who are you? And basically for the entire rest of 2019, they could not get over. They were getting no reactions whatsoever. 
But rather than doubling down on what's not working, like WWE is doing with Retribution, they're just adding on to the pile of shit that is there. AEW pivoted. They brought in the exalted one, and that was Brody Lee. And now, many would consider the Dark Order a highlight to AEW Dynamite and AEW programming. Brody Lee has brought an interesting dynamic to the Dark Order, collecting members such as Colt Cabana and Anna Jay. There's a reason to care about this faction. Whereas Retribution, you're making it worse than you are making it better, in my opinion. First first impressions are everything. And this was really their, their big reveal or semi-reveal, whatever you want to call it. And it was not a good reveal. It was not received well by a majority of the fans. And like you said, when you compare WWE and you compare AEW, AEW consistently tries to put people in a position where they could feel successful. And probably the best example of that was the street fight last week. The best companies and the best leaders and the best bosses can take somebody who's more or less somebody who doesn't perform at the level of a 10 or a superstar and gets them to perform at that level. So yeah, you know what? Last week, maybe they didn't have their main eventers in the main event slot, but that's why it got a five-star rating, I think, because you had people that went out there and surprised a lot of people and they were able to to deliver a five-star segment. Now, we can go back and forth and debate Dave Meltzer and his five-star rating sale and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, I think what most people would agree upon is this. That was a good segment. It was a good match. It took two teams that were, you know, two mostly mid-card teams that were able to main event and keep people entertained. You had that all the time in the Attitude Era. You had people who felt, who felt special in the mid-card. You had factions that were interesting, whether it was the Nation of Domination, whether it was Degeneration X, whether it was, you know, any of the other various tag teams, Ken Shamrock, all these people were contributors. I feel that AEW right now has that nucleus or that group of people where, you know, everybody kind of does their part. Everybody's bought into what the company is doing. Everybody's bought into the direction of the company and everybody wants to go out there and try to steal the show. Now, WWE, I don't think people go out there and deliberately don't perform to the level of their capabilities. I just don't think they're given the opportunities to go out there and do it. You're either handed a script and said, here, you have to go out a promo and cut it talking about this, or you're given, you know, certain parameters. You have to go out there and have this type of match. Uh, you, you can't do certain movesets. And while that's meant to keep people safe, it's just status quo. It's the same thing week after week. It's the same stale, regurgitated storylines, and nobody comes across as feeling special. You look at just last week, Will Hobbs coming out, being al- uh, alongside Moxley. That's going to help elevate him. Darby Allen, that's going to help elevate him. Guys like Ricky Starks being put into certain positions where he's going out there and cutting promos on a weekly basis. It's not like they were even having these five-star matches on a weekly basis. They're just put in a position where they can go out there and try to connect with the fans, and ultimately... That's what we want. We want to be able to be invested in the product and want to be able to care. But when you have stale storylines and you have regurgitated storylines and things like, you know, retribution coming out with these silly gimmicky masks, it's just hard to buy into the product and it's really hard to stick up for them. I think one thing that really hurts, especially raw, you look at the card of clash of champions, how many of those matches from raw are rematches of some sort? From a month ago, two months ago, even a week ago, we have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, which, you know, that has been a decent story, although the involvement of Keith Lee and them false finishes over and over again has not helped that storyline. 
You have Apollo versus Bobby Lashley, which is a rematch of Payback. And, you know, you have the Street Profits versus Andrade, which has happened almost on a weekly basis for four months. How are we supposed to care when it's just lots and lots of rehash? And you don't, I will say, you don't really see as much of rehash on NXT or SmackDown. But I think like Raw being the flagship show, they get, they do all this stuff to make their show look so bad that it just makes the other two shows look bad when really they're decent or okay. But even they have their flaws where NXT doesn't have direction in a lot of their segments. It's bookended by something very good that progresses something, something very good that's progressing something to end the show and a lot of filler in between. Yeah, and, and in comparison, and we know that Dynamite right now is um, their biggest competitor is NXT because they go head to head. Right. The biggest problem with NXT right now is they have more or less a depleted roster, which leads to feuds that most people aren't going to be engaged in. You know, when you go back and you look at really the better NXTs or the better takeovers, the better feuds that took place, many of those people are on the main roster. And unfortunately, many of the people that went to the main roster from NXT are not being put in those same positions that AEW is putting their young talent in to feel special. Ricochet comes to mind right now. We kind of see like Aleister Black might be able to move up into that upper mid-card level. Um, But, you know, I just, there's like a proven track record here where they consistently don't utilize the talent that they have. Now, whether they can go to the main roster and become uh, the next megastar, you know, that's not an easy task. But to put them in a position where they can show their talent and really get over with the fans, that shouldn't be that difficult. If they can get over with the level of fans and and prove that they can put out good matches, why is it that every time they go to the main roster, that doesn't happen? If you go back and look at the roster right now, some of the people that had the classic feuds that were able to go up to the main roster or left the company, uh, that this, this is part of the reason why NXT isn't as good anymore. Alistair Black went to the main roster. Velveteen Dream, he's got his whole legal issue. He was consistently putting out uh, great matches. Every takeover, one of the most consistent guys you had. It's an unfortunate situation, but who knows if we ever see him put back into that elevated role with all of the controversy around him. Keith Lee, we already talked about him. Andrade, Ricochet, Karrion Cross is her. EC3 is gone from the company. Uh, Shayna Baszler, Nakamura, all of these people, they were all involved in some of the better feuds in NXT. And now you're supplementing those feuds and those people and those matches with feuds like Imperium and Brizongo. Finn Balor, he's supposedly going to be facing the winner of, you know, uh, Kushida, Bronson Reed, Thatcher, Grimes, and O'Reilly. Are, are, are any of those people even at the level where we would even consider having them in a main event? Now, they're all talented and they're all good, but you threw this match together and now they're going to go out there and have a title match. It's just, and you got undisputed era versus Killian Dane and Drake Maverick Champa and Atlas have this whole thing. And it's just, I like NXT. It's a good product. They miss their fans more than anything because at least that created a good atmosphere, but it's very, very hard to supplement all of that talent that we talked about. And it's really unfortunate that you see all that talent go up to the main roster and just not be utilized, especially guys like Ricochet. Good on the mic? Maybe not, but you know what? You can't figure out a way to make people care about him. You can't put these people in a position where they feel 
important to us. That's the biggest difference between AEW and Monday Night Raw specifically. SmackDown is is okay. It's all right from week to week. They've got some guys in there that you can care about, but you know, it's just it's it's glaring issues on Raw that they just aren't trying to fix. If anything, like you said, they're trying to double down or go all in on them, which is right. sad. It's very sad. I think the only thing on Raw that has been consistently good since the start of the pandemic is the Hurt Business. Yep. Thank you. Yes. The Hurt. And if you were to tell me at the beginning of 2020 that MVP would be the MVP of Raw, I would laugh in your face. I would be like, no way. Is he even wrestling anymore? And he has come in and has made countless of wrestlers relevant again. He made Drew McIntyre's championship run somewhat decent with this feud with Bobby Lashley in the beginning. He made Bobby Lashley look legitimate finally. He made Cedric Alexander relevant. He made Shelton Benjamin relevant for the first time in a long time. He made Ricochet somewhat you know, showcasing his talents for, for once Apollo Cruz has gotten a title because of MVP SmackDown. You have ever since Roman Reigns came back, that show has significantly gotten better and the ratings have significantly improved since then. So what can WWE do on a consistent basis that they see from MVP and Roman Reigns that we see on a weekly basis from AEW Dynamite, regardless who's on TV, if it's MJF, if it's John Moxley, even Miro going in in a couple weeks and making him seem important. Orange Cassidy. I know as much as you're not a fan of him, Ralph, or a fan of his character or character development, whatever the case may be, but they made him important. What the hell? Like WWE doesn't do that. They're, they like put all their chips in on one guy. And if he's not there, they're like, well, we don't have the stars because you don't put them in the position. It's not any, it's not any different than it's been over the past 10 plus years. They have to start developing that mid card. They're starting to do that on SmackDown right now because you have AJ, you have Sammy and you got Jeff who are tangled up in this whole, whole feud regarding the intercontinental title. That's fine. You've got Otis who, you know, he's not everybody's favorite professional wrestler. Some would question why he was the guy to win the money in the bank. He was getting over when he when fans were there and they were into it. Uh, their main their main event picture there. I mean, you're trying to elevate guys like Jay Uso to go against Roman Reigns. All of that is fine, but then when you look at Monday Night Raw, it's kind of like the same status quo thing they've always done. You've got your two top guys. You got Randy Orton, and mm-hmm. you got Drew McIntyre. You got Keith Lee, who you know they're trying they're trying to do something with him. If that's the right direction for him. I would probably argue not so much. I'd rather see him have convincing wins over some guys that are potentially mid card guys, but you know, they're not trying to build up that middle to upper mid card. You have the hurt business and that's a really good faction, but you have nobody that's a legitimate threat outside of maybe Keith Lee and Randy Orton to drew McIntyre, you know, uh, Seth Rollins is doing his thing with Rey Mysterio. That's fine. But you don't have any of these guys that you're really trying to build up this young talent that's supposed to be there for the next 10 plus years. And on top of that, you got goofy, carny, silly gimmicks like Retribution, who it could have been cool, but how is this not Nexus? Do we do we even doubt that this is going to have any type of different ending than Nexus? I, I don't see anybody in that group that's being presented this way. Can, can Dom Dijakovic come out five months from now? in that same gimmick that he's in right now with that face paint and that mask and main event, I would put my life on it that he's not going to do that. No, no. And obviously there's still a story left to be told and maybe this all makes sense at the end, 
But right now, they just keep doubling down on this retribution thing, and it's not working. They're rehashing storylines from 2005 with Seth Rollins and Dominic. They're, you know, having the same match over and over again with Street Profits and Andrade and Angel Garza. And their talent's there. And that's the frustrating part. Everyone knows the talent is there. But what is the disconnect? Why can't they just showcase it? And is it just creative? It's just that bad that Vince is like, the hell with it. And he just rewrites everything. Cause he doesn't get what he wants from creative. Is it the wrestlers that can't get themselves over? Is it just the fact that raw is three hours and they can't fill the three hours, which I think even when they first announced it in 2012, that was the dumbest thing they could have ever done was make it three hours. And it's showing now here in 2020 they have to cut it down to two hours. I know they can't because USA wants them at three hours, but that's one of the big fixes they can have right now. AEW Dynamite and SmackDown, with their two hours, they're doing so much better than what Raw is doing in their three. And it shows. Too much with too little uh, storyline progression that is meaningful. Exactly. Let so, the guys go out there and do their thing. Let them try to get over themselves. Exactly. So... Let us know what you guys think. How can WWE fix this? Can they ever be better than AEW Dynamite? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB Podcast. And you can join the conversation by subscribing and hitting that bell for notifications. For Ralph Valenti, my name is Michael Valenti. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho Babble.